So this morning is going to look a good bit like last week, and one of the, I think I said hello earlier, if you're streaming online, say welcome. I'm Pastor John, our assistant and youth pastor. Our lead pastor, Brian, uh, is still out on quarantine, has been sick, but, get, but getting better, improving, and hopes to be, and plans to be back with us next Sunday. Uh, however, he was excited for this Advent series that he had planned, and excited to hear testimonies. I, I know he's watching now. Uh, but he still wanted to be able to share a little bit with us this morning for this Advent series he had planned. So we're going to be watching a video from him in just a second. After that, we're going to have the privilege, and it was fantastic in the first service, to hear the uh, just stories from our recent uh, missions team that went to the Dominican Republic back in October. So they're going to be sharing a good bit with us this morning, and, and I was blessed to hear all that. I know you guys will be as well. And then after that, uh, as we light the Advent candle, we'll have a open moment. If anyone would like to share a testimony kind of from the floor, uh, we'll, we'll have an opportunity to do that. If, if anyone's led to do so, if not, that's, that's okay. We, we like to give space for that, for God to move in that way. So we're going to go ahead and put that video up from uh, Pastor Brian, and then we're going to uh, hear after that from the mission team. Well, good morning, church family. I'm certainly glad to be with you today, even if it's in this kind of uh, setting. I uh, still have a couple more days of being quarantined. Um, I had a little bit of a rougher week this week with my symptoms, but hopefully here in the next uh, day or so I should be able to be back in action, and I'm certainly looking forward to that. Uh, today we're going to get to hear from our Dominican Republic team that went down on a mission trip a few weeks ago and uh, hear what God did and hear their testimonies of all that. And uh, we're certainly excited to hear from them. But as we continue this series on praise and testimonies this Christmas, um, I did want to share a short devotional thought with you this morning. And that comes from Luke chapter 2, starting at verse 8. It says this, And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Today in the town of David, a Savior who has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in claws and lying in a manger. Suddenly, a great company of the heavenly hosts appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven, and on earth peace to those whom his favor rests. When the angels had left them and they had gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let us go into Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. So they hurried off and found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the manger. When they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told them about this child, and all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. But Mary treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart. The shepherds returned to their flocks, glorifying and praising God for all the things they had heard and seen, which were just as they had been told. Now, the shepherds 
are a pretty big part of the Christmas story. Any nativity scene that you would see uh, has a shepherd in it. But have you ever stopped to ask why? Why shepherds? Why are shepherds the ones the angels decide to come to? Why do shepherds play such an important role in the Christmas story? Yes, it points to Jesus being the good shepherds, but but why shepherds? I mean, three wise men, you get three kings, three three astrologers who who studied the stars and were scientists. Yes, okay, maybe. They were learned people. They were important people. They were able, at least, to be important enough to get an audience with the king, a solo private audience. They appeared wealthy. They had gold, frankincense, and myrrh with them. So, yes, those things, okay, you get kind of get that, and you go, okay, I can kind of see maybe why these important people would find out about it, but what about the shepherds? I mean, the shepherds weren't special. They were just your typical blue-collar workers. They were guys that probably didn't smell too great. They probably didn't look all that handsome or clean. Uh, They probably, I mean, if they were shepherds and doing the shepherding job, they weren't wealthy. Um... You know, they weren't well-educated. They weren't highly respected people in their society. They were just blue-collar, ordinary workers. And yet they were ordinary people who experienced an extraordinary thing. They experienced an extraordinary God. I mean, look at verse 10. It says, But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for who? All the people. Jesus was for all the people. It didn't matter who you were. Jew, Gentile, slave-free, men, women, wise men, or shepherd. It was good news for all people even the ordinary ones. And I I love it. I love these shepherds because what is the first thing they do after they experience Jesus? They tell people about it. They go out and start sharing what they have seen and heard. They start sharing their testimonies right away. It says at verse 17, when they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told them about this child and all who heard were amazed at what the shepherds had to say. They were ordinary people who experienced extraordinary things. And they went and they told people about it. In fact, they left their flocks. Did you catch that? That that they returned to their flocks, it says at the end. It almost reminds you of fishermen that left nets. But these guys weren't the disciples. They didn't go on to live these amazing, holy, extraordinary lives. They just went back to being shepherds with an extraordinary story, but just back to their normal, ordinary jobs, their normal, ordinary lives. But I think that's part of the point of Christmas. 
is that Jesus is for normal people. Jesus is for ordinary people. And then those guys went on and shared their story. How ordinary people one night met with an extraordinary God. And they came away praising. You know, maybe today you consider yourself pretty ordinary. But look, if you've experienced the same Jesus that those shepherds experienced, that's extraordinary. And you have just as much reason to praise and tell your story as they did. So take a lesson from the shepherds today and share it. Share it. Praise God for it. And share it with the people around you. Tell your story of how you, an ordinary person, experienced an extraordinary God. In fact, you're going to hear about that today. You're going to hear about ordinary people from Antioch Alliance Church going to the Dominican Republic and experiencing an extraordinary God doing extraordinary things. But it just makes me wonder, I wonder what extraordinary thing God wants to do through you. I wonder, what extraordinary thing does God want you to witness if maybe, just for a little bit, you'll leave your sheep you leave your nets, you leave your ordinary behind for just a little bit to experience an extraordinary God at work. I wonder what you can praise God for today because he did something extraordinary in your ordinariness. Maybe pray about that. What do you have to praise God for? because he did something extraordinary in your ordinary. What do you have to praise God for? Because he showed up at a point that you weren't expecting and did something amazing. What story do you have to tell? Because an ordinary person met Jesus. Think about that. Pray about that as you hear these guys share their stories. Love y'all. Stay safe. Stay healthy. Stay close to Jesus. Enjoy this team as they share. And uh, hopefully we'll see you all real soon. Love y'all. I'll be watching online. Love you. Bye. All right. If we could have our missions team come up at this time. We're going to hear a good bit of stories from them. Uh, again, got to hear this in first service already, but... It was, it was a joy to, to hear about what God is doing and what God was able to do through this trip that, like many things this year, had to get rescheduled, but thankfully it was, it was able to happen. So we're excited to hear that. I got this mic here for you guys, and you guys just listen to them. We're going to hear all about what God did in Dominican Republic. Good morning, everybody. Well, I got to say, the trip uh, for me, it's my second time down there. Um, what an awesome experience. Um, 
in, in every facet. And, and one thing I didn't say in the first service that I'd like to say here, I, I, man, what an opportunity um, to serve the Lord. You know, I, I, I was, it was like, for me, um, a week of solid service, not thinking about stuff, thinking about God's work, not my work, not dishes, laundry, work, work, just all about serving the Lord. And it was, all week it was that way. And it, and it, and it carried on. It was just a wonderful time. So if I could have the uh, first picture, please. Now, you wouldn't think that, that a, a, a picture of a, a vehicle meant much. But I got to tell you, it means a whole lot. You see, last year when we went, our mode of transportation was an old cattle truck, diesel cattle truck that probably had uh, 100 bazillion miles on it with a steel bed and uh, open, and we just piled in the back of it. And if you go down the roads on the Dominican roads that we went on, you know, when you ordered gravel for your driveway, you know, you think, you know, gravel, you know, nice and small. Well, gravel in a Dominican is about the size of a grapefruit. Uh, maybe a cantaloupe. Uh, it is the roughest thing you'd ever want to drive over. And you felt every bump. And I mean in your back, on your rear end. I mean, you couldn't get comfortable. Most of the time, I stood up and, and, and tried to hold on. Only when I was weary did I sit down. And then I tried to sit down on somebody's backpack or something, you know, I'd grab it so I'd be cushioned around. So anyway, one of the things that um, uh, the church sponsored or during the VBS, if you recall, was we were going to try to help the mission get a vehicle. Well, lo and behold, this is the vehicle that the money that partially was raised here and given uh, and, and I want to tell you, that vehicle was awesome. And the missionary team down there really treated that thing as special. I, I mean, they were very, very careful how they drove it, how they maintained it. Uh, and we would all, uh, you know, pack in there and, and, and use it. And uh, it even had air conditioning, which let me, let me tell you, a solid 95 and on up degree weather <laughs> temperatures uh, all the time. It, it, it really was nice with the time that you were in there. So, uh, uh, like I say, that, that, that vehicle, and it's got a really, I didn't get a good picture of the, of the side of it, but it's got Rising Sun Mission on it. And it looks good, and they treat it good, and it was a, it's, a, it's a huge asset. Uh, and they, they, they use the vehicle a lot to, take, to, to carry on the ministry down there. And uh, I just thought we'd show that one. Give me the next one, please. Okay. Oh, okay. So on, on this slide, I got a, uh, a picture of Paul and uh, a couple of a uh, couple of our kids that we worked with. Now, when when we first went down there, I was kind of about leery about going or, or, or teaching myself uh, or by myself. I needed Paul to hold my hand. <laughs> we, we we would team teach together, you know. Uh, in my career at working, I always worked better when I worked with somebody else. So anyway, 
Paul would help me. Uh, uh, we would teach uh, kids, and we'd ha we would have like half-hour sessions, and the rest of the team all worked individually, and uh, uh, so uh, they would get one kid. Sometimes Raquel would have a whole bunch of kids around her because she speaks Spanish super well, which Paul and I, we're lucky to know a couple words, but uh, we, we did learn some stuff. Anyway, there was the, the game, uh, uh, one of the games that we played where we had these cards and they had pictures of animals on them. And they had the names in, in Spanish and English. And it was a matching game. Now, these kids, when they play that game, they're, they're really competitive. And, and they really like those games. But uh, I was learning words there. And, 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 and I have to say, my favorite animal name word is penguino. And to hear them kids say that is for penguin. Uh, but anyway, every time they said that, I got to chuckle out of that. And, uh, and uh, I, I think most of the folks will tell you that you, you, when you go on a mission trip like that, you learn, you learn as much as the kids do. And at least I did. And, and uh, I, I learned a lot, a lot of good words down there. But penguino was one of my favorite. Next slide, please. Who is this masked bandit here? Well, this is Donna. And uh, we wore our mask most of the time down there. Uh, not all the time, but, uh, and, 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 and the kids did too sometimes, but Donna, Donna was working right beside us and she would have those kids and they, were, they, they would be, you can tell she has a real passion for the kids and, and, and she could really connect to them. And, uh, uh, she was doing crafts with them and other things and, and, and doing, you know, doing everything that we were doing. But uh, she really has a heart for those kids. And uh, I, I wanted to put that in there. Next slide. Ah, baseball. Now, I want to tell you, these, when you go to the Dominican, that's that baseball and soccer, that's, that's, that's the things that they love. I mean, they got, you know, they, they, there's actually a lot of professional baseball players that, that, that come out of the Dominican. Well, that was the bat that we used that day. That's about a five and a half foot long stick. Uh, Bill had brought um, down, uh, well, he started out with, I think it was 170 tennis balls. And we went, this is at a place called the Haitian Village. And, and uh, the, the, the Haitian Village is... If you could picture the poorest spot that you've ever seen, and just imagine it 10 times worse, uh, the living conditions are, you'd have to see them to believe them. The baseball field, it kind of looked like a ball diamond, but you had to share the diamond with the cattle that were roaming there. And if you got a hot grounder coming down to you, you better be careful that it didn't hit some stuff along the way to get you a little slime, uh, you know, you, 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 catch, you catch more in the grounder if you got my drift on that, you know. But now if you can imagine though, we were probably, you know, you can see the kids are spaced out pretty good there, but uh, what were there? Probably 75 kids uh, there uh, playing. And you got, okay, 75 kids, 75 tennis balls, and they're not all going the same direction. They're just, I mean, it's mass chaos, but, but the kids have fun. And, and you know they're out there, they're out there and they're bare feet and they're just out there. You know they're they're getting it and, and we're having a good time, and and you know it, it it's you look at them, and man they're dirt poor, 
but they're happy. They, 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 they seem happy, uh, uh, polite, uh, but that whole Haitian village experience is just something that, I'll tell you, I didn't say this in the first one. Uh, um, uh, we took a, Brian Allwine went with us. It was his first missionary trip. Uh, he's not with us today, unfortunately. Anyway, I asked Bill, I said, hey, can we got enough time? Can we take a walk th- through the village? Let, let Brian experience this. And he said, yeah. So we, 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 we took a walk through the village. And uh, to see the, li- again, see the living conditions. You can't imagine the sanitary conditions. Um, it, is, it is so incredibly poor. And I mean living on top of one another in housing material that, believe me, you would burn here. If it would burn, I'm talking sheet, maybe old rusted sheet metal corrugated tin, tin cans that were flattened and, and, and used to patch a hole. Um, the stove would be a, maybe a hot plate or a fire pit with coals in it. Um, anyway, we left at village and I, God gripped my heart uh, over that village. I, I just, uh, and to think of the, the future that those people have. W- you know, what, what type of future? Not just their physical future that you're thinking about and how are they going to make it through life and whatever, but think about their spiritual condition and, 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 and who will go to these people that really in the Haitian village nobody wants government don't want them they get some it's almost like a forgotten people next village or next slide please ah <laughs> this was something that was really a cool experience of course those that you know me know I, I, I love to I love to roast pigs I like to roast anything, really. So I asked Bill, I said, hey, can we do a hog roast this year? Well, we couldn't do a hog roast. He said, we'll do a uh, 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 pollo asado. That's Spanish for chicken, ro- uh, chicken roast. So on, a, on the last day that we were there, they got 15 chickens. Now, in the morning, these chickens was running around. <laughs> they weren't running around. Then when we got there, about 2 o'clock, we go over to John and Mary's house, and that's, that's, that's a couple that helped us, a pastor couple down there, and his wife, it, 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 it helped us. We went to their place, and we're going to roast these chickens. So when we get there, like I say, it's about 2 o'clock in the afternoon. It's probably, what, 95 degrees, something like that. And, and it got the two great big um, uh, pans, I mean huge pans, and those chickens are marinating in that pan. They're whole chickens. And so they said, well, okay. They, they knew we wanted to help Paul and I wanted to help. So they go out back there. So we got back there and those, those poles are about 10 feet long. So we get over there and we bring them poles around the front and grab one of them chickens out of the, 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 the marinade, you know, and, and just kind of one guy holds a pole, the other guy grabs a chicken and just slide it right down through the, through the, through the chicken, out of, out of snack, you know. You put one on there, and you, you, you put them all on there, get them all together like that. Then you get wire, and you wrap around them. 
Well, then she said, come on, you guys can help. Said, okay, so this is their fire pit, and they had a fire pit in there, you know. And keep in mind, I said it was 95 degrees. Well, our job, you guys have all had rotisserie chicken. <laughs> Paul and I was the rotisserie. <laughs> we got, he's on one end of the pole, I'm on the other. And for an hour and a half, maybe two hours, 95 degree heat now, plus me and by that fire, we're turning them chickens. And, you know, in the back of my mind, I'm thinking, well, I don't know if I like this or not. <laughs> I needed a hand crank or something. But it was, it, it was a true ex, a dining experience. And so the chickens are done, and we're taking them off, you know, and there's a piece of skin hanging on, on, on that pole. Man, I grabbed that skin off that pole, and I shoved it in my mouth so quick. Man, it was so good. It was, it was awesome. But the whole experience was really great. Um, the, 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 the dinner was kind of for everybody that supported the whole mission. They have a, a Dominican missionary team down there now that are native D Dominicans. They speak the language, they know the people, uh, it, it, it's so much better. The, 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 the evidence of that was just apparent right off the bat. The, the kids were, the, that we were ministering to were so, uh, so attentive. Uh, they had a, a good solid base under them. Um, anyway, just to get together with everybody down there that helped make this week possible. We had one of the ladies here from the Haitian village. There were, there were different uh, pastors from a couple of different churches that were there that, 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 uh, that supported us. Uh, you know, with the exception of Raquel and, and Bill down there, uh, they know much more Spanish than, than we know. And we could get a word in here or there, you know, and could understand pretty much what's going on. But even though you couldn't speak the language fluently, you had one thing that you did have in common, and that was a love of Jesus Christ. And that was so apparent. And, and it was like a, 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 an opportunity. God gave me, in, in, that, in that particular day, an opportunity to bond with part of his wonderful kingdom, the part of his kingdom that really mattered to him. Those people really mattered to him. All people mattered to him. And it was just, it was a wonderful experience. It just, it, for me, I, 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 it, 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 it took me in, in so many different ways. It's, it's helped shape the priorities that I have for the rest of my life have, have, have been altered. Uh, uh, because of this trip. Next slide. I'm done with that one. So. Hi, my name's Raquel Drake, and um, I don't go to, I'm not a member of this church, but I um, was born in Bolivia, but I've lived here in um, Columbus for about 46 years. I came a very young age, so I don't, my, I don't have an accent, of course, but um, I'm basically, um, this is my seventh year going down to the Dominican on a mission trip. And um, I've been with Bills ever since I started <laughs> seven years ago. And it's been a, an amazing experience. I got to meet, you know, the four members that you, from you guys' church, amazing people. Um, it's an experience, that one of all, that um, I think it brings you together. You learn from each other. Um, you get to feel God's love in there, which is amazing, because every day, you know, we took time to 
pray together, have a little scripture, one of us read something that's been sitting in our hearts or so and go over. So that was an amazing experience along with everything else doing that we did for the kids. Now, for me, I'm a visual person. I like to know where I'm going. This is where we slept. We slept in a hammock and then it's comfortable. I mean, I'm not a camping person. People would say, oh, you, I'm like, nope, don't camp. Don't go out in the woods. I don't do any of that stuff. But I do the, do this when I go to the DR, I sleep in a hammock, I'm comfortable, I love it, I go back and do it. But like me here, I don't camp, I don't do any of that stuff. So um, it's just the facility itself there where we all share, we have our hammocks there, we have our towels lined up all over. Uh, You know, it's, um, it's a wonderful place to stay. And even like I said, seven years I've been sleeping in a hammock and I don't have any back problems. (laughs) Next picture, please. Um, And this is that, what we call the carne de pollo asado, which is the roasted chicken, which it's just fresh avocados. And if you ever had avocados, you've never had them until you're out of the country. They are so, it's amazing. And that's like a plate which it has rice and beans and um, it's all delicious. The food that we were given every day was amazing and the cooks were great. Um, Next picture, please. Um, This is Goody. She is um, a child with special needs. She's 16, but she always told me she was 15 years old. But at the very beginning, this young lady would even look at me, and I understood, you know. So I took each day, little by little, um, you know, I prayed with her. We read the book. We played the matching cards. We did this every day. She loved the craft. The first day I got her to do a craft with at least with the help of other people, but she was amazing, and um, little by little, this young lady just blossomed till the last day where she came in, was, gave me a hug, gave everybody a hug. Um, this young lady came in a dress every day. She was dressed to, for that day for us to you know, spend this time together. And so for me, this was just an amazing experience to see this young lady who didn't like me at the very beginning was willing to give me a hug and just open about it. We prayed, and it was just such an amazing experience for me. Um, next picture, please. Um, this is, um, I just got to think on her name, is Demati. She was four years old. And at this point, we're doing, um, there's a, a cross, one of the projects was, and um, we were working on it. And she's four, but she was determined. She was going to copy that cross, just like the sample that I had. And she didn't want me to help. The only thing I could do was just hold on to, like, trying to help her to hold on to the cross because the paper would move. And, but she was so determined, loving little girl, um, loves God, and it was just amazing to see her just, just being four years old and being so determined that she was going to get this, and she did it. And all I could do was like put my finger in every corner to try to help her with the heart and try to see what she was trying to draw. Uh, next picture. Um, and this is Edeline. And she was um, nine years old, very smart young lady. Um, one of the things, too, is like, like we, every day we got in and we prayed, and um, we, normally I led it. But the last day, this was the last day. That's the book that they got to keep, and it was the last day of, uh, of, that we're going to see her. And after um, this one, I offered them to pray for her, that if they would pray for me. And it was amazing to see what she was able to do because she prayed for me, and then she was wishing us all to get back safely. And she thanked God for having us for having been there as a team to help her with this whole, this whole program. And she was very good in English, um, in English and her Spanish, absolutely. She was one of the ones that knew how to read quickly, and we enjoy reading that book together.
next picture. Um, this is Angel. He was a young little boy, too. He was seven years old, and Angel was um, very creative. He liked, and he liked the game of matching, and he really wanted to beat me at it, and that was his goal. His goal was to beat me at this. And, um, and the other thing is that I was amazed, too, because there is a cross, and he was older. He could do whatever he wanted, but he is, nope, he had a copy, and he wanted to write the words in English, not Spanish. Because I said, you can write them in Spanish. Just, you know, I'll tell you what. He goes, nope, it had to be exactly like the way that I had. And it was all in English. And he carried that. And that was, he was so proud after, you know, he, um, we got done with that project. Next picture. Um, and this is Angel, uh, Antonio, I'm sorry. Antonio was from Nuvillero. That was the other little town. And he basically, again, one of the young boys that, um, with the book, loved to read it. He was very, um, you know, encouraging, loving, and uh, just willing to work with everything we were trying to do. The only thing I felt bad about him is whenever something happened, he would be the one that, when it was time to stop, <laughs> we didn't get done with the project. So he got to take a couple of those with him because I felt we just got into so much with the other kids. And by the time they were ready to take and go back, because they get they'd get taken in the car back to where the closer to where they would be dropped off to get home. So I, a couple times I missed him, but he was a wonderful young. He was very understanding for all my mistakes. Next picture, um, and this is um, this is raw. Um, Robert, but it's Robert is how you say it in Spanish. And he was, he's 11, uh, 10 years old, no, 11. He's 11 years old. And um, I was surprised because the first day I didn't get to see him. And I was like, hey, I said, why weren't you here yesterday? Thinking he just didn't show up. And I found out he was, he was watering plants that day before. And I said, you were? He goes, yeah, because um, this is, that's a job that he does for his, for his family to help support um, his family. And when he has it, he does it. And it, he got $4. It was like it's, uh, 200 pesos, which basically is about $4. And I'm sure it took him a whole day because he didn't even make it to see us that day. He was a very intelligent little young uh, man. He basically knew um, he could read fluently in Spanish. And then he could try to, he, write, he um, read the English very well. It's just he couldn't quite do it as fast as he wanted to. But it was, for me, it was uh, just admiring him, how much he was desiring to help his family, the love that he had for God, and just being able to be with us, how much he enjoyed it. Next picture. I think that's you, Bill. Well, this is the front of, uh, of the mission house that, that we stayed in. Um, and of course, that was all built by volunteer labor, but um, it's just, um, it's about 55 feet long, and we can sleep 16 people, and it has two showers, and it's, uh, uh, it was very comfortable for us. And you may not see it in this picture, but this is the view from, from where we stayed in our, at the mission, and uh, you can see for about 30 miles, actually, um, and if you get up on the, hill on, on the hill behind us, you can actually see the ocean from where we are. So it's just, uh, our piece of property is just a beautiful place to be. And the wonderful thing about the mission team is, uh, these are Bougainvillea, and they've got 14 plants all along the, the main entrance to the property. And they've planted orange trees, they've got grapefruit, we've got coconut uh, plants going. Um, They've got uh, flamboyant trees. One of those trees could probably fill most of this building once they grow. 
And so the, the plants that they put on the property is just beautiful, including avocado, by the way. Now, um, this is Maria. Now, let me explain to you what actually what we're doing. Let me bring it down to a common denominator here. We got to see the same children every day in the same villages, and we got a half an hour with each child. Now, Maria, for example, whenever we came to the village, she and all the kids that each of us had to meet with were waiting for us. And sometimes they'd fight over who was going to get with, sit with us first. But the main component, the main component of why we're doing this and what the week is all about is really in Romans, in Romans 10, 14. And you would have heard this from Pastor Brian about a month ago. But let me simplify this for you real quickly here. But how can they call on him to save them unless they believe in him? And how can they believe in him if they have never heard about him? And how can they hear about him unless someone tells them? And that's why we were there, because these books that Donna was able to buy for us, these guys were really the primary purpose of our visit, and we read to them every day, <clears throat> Jesus saves the world. Jesus salva al mundo. It's in Spanish and English. And while we were reading to them every day, they got so good, if, if we skipped a page, if we skipped and went from page three to page five, they weren't having none of it. Boy, they just stop you right in the middle of, no, 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 no. Senor, we missed page four, and you had to go back. And then after three days, they were reading it to us. I mean, they knew it. And then at the end of the week, they got to take this beautiful book home for their family. And so this is really the foundation of what we were doing. And so little Maria, as you can see, was just a happy girl that was so thrilled to have us work with her and spend a half an hour each day. So, um, but go ahead. Okay. Let's see, this is, wait a minute. Okay, this is Carlos. At the end of each half hour session, we would ask the child we were with if we could pray with them. Well, little Carlos, when I put my hands together and prayed, Carlos would bend over and put his hands over my hands. And we literally would pray together. I mean, it was, it was powerful. It was, and he did that every day. And I just, it really touched me very deeply. And this is Jose. Now, Jose, I've known his family for a long, a long time. Uh, I've probably been in that village maybe 15 years, and he comes from a terribly, terribly poor family. The shack that they lived in originally with 11 children was just something you wouldn't let your dog sleep in. But look at the smile on his face. 
Uh, earlier, we built them a home, but he was so thrilled to be there every day. He's not the brightest candle in the chapel, but he read the book with me and carefully read it as, as slowly as he could to make sure he got it right. But he wanted to do it. He was thrilled to be there. And as you can see, he was just happy to have us in the village. And then this is Raquel again. Where, as, as, as Michael mentioned, wherever Raquel was, there was always about half a dozen kids who couldn't wait to get to see her because her Spanish was so perfect. And so she was kind of the star, the star of the show. <clears throat> oh, yeah, and here we go, the dynamic duo again, uh, Mike and Paul. I don't know what, they were behind me. I don't know what they were doing back there, but there was a lot of laughing going on. I don't know how much teaching was happening, but boy, they, they were sure having fun at it. So uh, they were the, they were the uh, uh, again, the, um, uh, what's the comedy? I can't even think of the comedy team. Uh, but anyway, they had a great time, and the children just couldn't wait to sit with them. Paul? Okay, this uh, photo is of the mission where we were staying at. <clears throat> and this is the team plus some of the people that were there to, to take care of us. They did a, a, a great time of taking care of us the entire time that we were there. And this is Donna teaching one of her students as one of them looks on. And Donna just had a really good time with these kids. And I had to get a picture of her because she was really intent in getting in, uh, getting down on their level and, and being with them. And her Spanish is a whole lot better than mine. I mean, she did really good. Uh, but anyway, I had to get a picture of Donna and, and a couple of her students. And Raquel. She also enjoyed being with her, her kids. And as you can tell, she was really getting into the story. And it seemed like uh, whenever Mike and I would have an issue with trying to relate to some of these kids, it'd be like, hey, Rochelle, come here, help us, help us, help us here. Translate for us. Because these kids, they'd walk up to you and and to Mike and I, and they go in Spanish, and I'm going, I haven't got a clue what you're saying. <laughs> but, they, but they thought that we understood Spanish like we understand English, which we don't, is be like, okay, Raquel, come here. What did this kid just tell us? And, and so we, we had a really good time with these kids, teaching them, and we learned some Spanish too. This is Mike. He's working with uh, one of the kids in uh, one of the crafts that we did. And it was just a simple craft. And I uh, want to put a plug in for Grace and Grit for uh, taking good care of us and making sure we had crafts to, to take down there with us for these kids to work on. But this little boy, he's all it is is uh, a piece of yarn, twine and a bunch of beads. We had a whole bag of beads. And these kids just, it was like you gave them a million dollars. And we take for granted that 
you know, this is just basically not a whole lot to us, but it was everything to them. But Mike was working with this little boy, and he just, they just got into these crafts and enjoyed just stringing these beads and making a, a necklace or a bracelet. And like I said, you would have thought that you gave them a million dollars, that they, they, just, they just loved it. And they were so eager to come and, and share with us every day to learn. They were like sponges. They just wanted to learn English and teach us Spanish. But some of the kids also couldn't read a whole lot of Spanish, so we had to help them read Spanish. I, I don't know if I helped them very much or not because my Spanish isn't that great, but I tried. Go ahead. These are a couple girls that Mike and I worked with. They were older girls and um, probably about 15, but their Spanish was really good and their English was very good too. They, you could tell that they had an education and uh, like I said, that they could read in English really good. And as we read through the book, as we did every day with these kids, the girl that I was working with, she would uh, read her Spanish really fast. She just, blah, 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 just really fast. And I'm trying to follow along with her in the book. And then underneath the Spanish, they would read the English. Well, I told her to hang on, and I wanted to make fun of her. So what I did was I read the English real quick like she did the Spanish. And she looked at me and she started laughing. She thought that that was funny that I was making fun of her because she read the Spanish so quick. But some of these kids were really learned and uh, knew a lot. And others, they just needed help. And I'm glad that we were there to help them. Okay, this is twirling chickens. Mike's favorite pastime. He, I think he's going to build one of these out in his yard so he can twirl chickens. Like Mike said, the rotisserie, it was a rotisserie, and I'm thinking, okay, you can spin it a little bit and let it sit there. No. These Dominicans, constant motion, like you see at Kroger or Walmart when they're, they've got the rotisseries going, they never stopped. And it's for an hour and a half, two hours, sitting there in 95 degree weather, and it was probably 195 next to that fire pit. And so we were twirling these chickens, and boy, you talk about some good chickens. Mike, you're gonna have to build one of those pits out of here so we can twirl chickens. We'll, we'll, we'll teach you guys how to twirl chickens. We'll look for volunteers to, to twirl them. Like Mike and I volunteered. I think we got suckered into that. But it was a good time and the chicken was awesome. Go ahead. All these crafts that you see and the crafts that we're talking about were provided by the ladies at Grace and Grit. And so it turned out to be just a major component of what we did and they and they all every, they loved every single one of them and cherished them and took them home, but yeah, all these comments about uh, the crafts came from the ladies at Grace and Grit. God bless them. 
Okay, so this, it's hard to see, but this is a picture of the port, and I wanted to kind of take it back to the beginning. This is the port where Bill and his wife sailed into the Dominican Republic when they first went down there. So I thought it was neat that we got the opportunity to see how it, where it all started, where they sailed into, where this, this idea to teach God to these people came from. So I just thought it was, it was a nice and neat opportunity for us to get to see that. And this is on the way to see the port. Um, this is a picture of the house. It's kind of hard to see. It's by, in behind the trees. But this is a picture of the very first house that Bill and his first team built down there. And it's called the Hobbit House. But it's, I think it's because it's a rounded. The outside of it is kind of a rounded house. But that was a neat opportunity, too, to see the very first house that they, that they built down there. This picture is worth a thousand words. Mike... He, he looks like he's animated, but he got the opportunity to stand up at the church service that we went to on Sunday evening and give a blessing. And it was neat because Darielle is standing up there interpreting for him. And you could just tell that Mike was really enjoying himself and really loved being able to do this for these people. This is Seleni. She's, I think, nine or ten. Um, she's one of the girls that I worked with, and she was just such a treasure. She, um, she was so excited to learn, and she read the book to me in Spanish, and with my help, she read it to me in English, so that was very exciting, and she loved making the crafts and playing the cards, and every day was we were speeding through the book so she could get to the card game because that's really what she wanted to do. This is, as Bill said, the dynamic duo, and they were sitting next to me, and they were a little hard to control. No, I'm, I'm joking. They, these two guys, these two guys right here worked very hard on learning Spanish for when they got down there so that they could communicate with the people, and it was, it was a blessing working with the whole team. The whole team was a blessing to work with. This is a group of kids in the Haitian village, and the reason I have this picture here is because the little girl that's in the middle, her name is Victoria, and we met Victoria last year, um, and the reason I remembered her name is because Vic went with us last year, and they were going back and forth about how their names were the same. Well, when I asked Victoria if she remembered us coming down, it took me a minute in my broken Spanish to communicate with her, and she did finally remember us coming down, and we made lion masks last year, and she remembered making those lion masks. So I thought that was really neat that she remembered us coming and working with them last year. And um, the little girl on the right-hand side in the pink dress, her name is Chalala, and I just thought that was the cutest little name ever. <laughs> so I don't remember the name of the girl in the blue dress, but um, Ch yes, Chalala. This is Andy Manuel. This is one of the little boys I worked with, and he was such a treasure. He's holding up the cross that he made, and he was very specific. He looked, we had um, templates sitting there, so we had examples sitting there of some that were made so that they could see what they needed to do. And he was trying to do it exactly as I had it on the example. He wanted to make sure that he had it perfect, and he was just such a little treasure. And I 
we did coloring pages too, and I forgot to mention this in the first service, but I had a multitude of kids come back and wanted to give me their pictures. So I have a whole stack of pictures from these kids that I'm going to like hang on my refrigerator and since I don't have any kids of my own I'm going to hang their pictures on my fridge but you know it it was such a treasure to work with these kids and I do have to say that it was much different from last year because I don't really remember the names of the kids we worked with last year but the way we did it this year working with them one-on-one I felt like we were able to develop relationships with them and hopefully that when we go back next year they're going to remember who we were and that we worked together and they'll be excited to see us. This is Bierka. She was a little girl I worked with over in Noviero. She, I got this second hand, but I heard that apparently the missionaries were surprised that she was talking to me because she wouldn't even talk to them. But she would run up and sit down in the chair. She was the first little girl I worked with every day and she was excited to learn and excited to hear the story and most excited to play the cards. They all love the matching game. Um, but she was, she was a special little girl. She's about five years old. So she's, they were all special little kids. I just loved working with them all. And this is my last picture, and I just wanted to kind of show you guys. This is Bill standing outside of one of the Haitian village homes talking to the people, and unless you see it in person, you can never know the relationship that this man has with these people. He loves these people dearly. He wants them to know God as their Lord and Savior, and the experience of seeing him interact with these people is just so touching, just so, he loves them so much, and I am honored to be called a teammate of him to be down there, and he's made us all, I think he's made us all love these people very dearly, so. I think that's all we have. Thank you guys, thanks so much for sharing. Uh, Bill's gonna light the advent candles here for us, the, the first two. Uh, while he's doing that, I did want to offer if anyone has any testimonies that, that's here, in the, here with us, or if, if anyone has any testimonies that you would like to share. I want to give a moment if anyone does. Okay. Well, let's pray because we're thankful for all that we have already heard. And specifically, I want to pray for for the kids, the stories that we've just heard, and, and pray for what God has done and will continue doing their lives. So let, let's pray for some of these, these names and faces we saw. Heavenly Father, we're thankful, Lord, for the obedience of our mission team that went down. I also think of the, of the full-time missionaries that are from this area, that they're now living down there. Lord, we're, we're thankful that they are taking the word seriously that, that Bill read to us from Romans. How will people know that Jesus is Lord and Savior if they don't hear it? How will we put faith in you if we don't hear from someone? Lord, I pray that you'd put a greater call and, and vision on our hearts for how we can continue to walk forward in obedience to you. 
Lord, I pray for every kid that they've interacted with, every family member that, of the kid that the kid goes home to. Lord, I, I trust that seeds were planted. We rejoice that some kids, even that week, put their faith in you. And Lord, I pray that you continue to grow in them a love for Jesus. For the kids that maybe haven't yet and, and, and maybe aren't fully ready to put their lives in you, we trust that seeds were planted. And Holy Spirit, we ask that you'd bring them to fruition in you. Lord, we, we pray in expectation for, for what you will do. You, you allow us to play a small part of what you're doing. Lord, at last I'm reminded of Revelation that, says there, that tells us there will be a day when we pray and praise before you. When we sing to you, and there will be a great multitude from every tribe, every tongue, and every nation. People from all over, from all of time, redeemed by the blood of Jesus. And that is a beautiful vision. And we're reminded of that today. So we praise you for that, Jesus. In your name we pray.